True Mental Health. I'm Crystal Crawford. And I'm Dr. Janine Kraft. We're here to have unique conversations about what really creates mental wellness. After years, decades of seeking, seeking what could create more ease in life and trying every modality possible, Crystal and I crossed paths and realized we had similar missions. A mission to have conversations about what creates ease, what creates well-being, and what renders us truly functional. If you know something else is possible, maybe completely different than you've ever been taught, join us on a journey to uncover what creates true mental health. Hi, everybody. Hello. We're new. We're different. Who are we? I don't know. We don't know how to start this thing now. How do we start the show? We're doing it different on a different platform, different... I have a microphone now. Me too. If you're listening to this, that means nothing. And if this is your first time, none of this means anything. So hello to everybody new and old. This We we are officially, I think, on our 18th or 19th episode, but we're going to start totally fresh and just do it different. We're going to give you awesome audio and do it in a podcast and... That's our intro. You're welcome. Because <laughs> you're different, and I'm different, and I don't know who I am, and I don't think you know who you are, I never so we're know just who here. I am, so we're here. So today, actually, we are going to pick a topic, though, because we're that mm-hmm. good. And we're going to talk about vulnerability, which I think is kind of great, because this is a very vulnerable beginning, again. Yeah. And that kind of occurs a lot for me, I think, for you, too, where we're sort of, like... I know for me, every like two or three months, I'm beginning again, again, you know, like so much change, choosing so much personally that so many times in a year, I'm like, I wake up and I'm like, Jesus Christ, I don't even know how to create today. I'm so different. And that's incredibly vulnerable. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm yeah. thinking of how many times I've called you and been like, I need to scrap my whole business because nothing works and I'm not the same and none of that's relevant. Just I need to start over, start over again. Like, and I'm like, don't scrap me. the whole business. You're like doing pretty yeah. good, actually. Just just one step at a time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really a that's a, a thing for people like us to be aware of is that we do tend to scrap what we feel like is old in favor of what's mm-hmm. new. So, I mean, I've scrapped many websites and... <laughs> But the cool thing is that when you do, if that's where you're at, so we're kind of starting, I guess, in the middle with this, but if that's where you're at, like, you don't have to start fresh. You don't have to destroy everything. You can just ask, like, okay, I'm new. What can I choose and generate from here? And that's been a huge gift for me because I create a lot and I'm new often. So it's saved the garbage bin from many, many things. Yeah, so I guess what you're saying is it doesn't have to take, like, you don't have to, like, scrap it all, destroy it all, start from afresh, and, like, take all this time to rebuild, that you can really just restart right where you're at. Yeah, yeah. And that sounds, like, overly simplistic, but as really, really creative people, I guess, as really, really creative people, and then as we're taught, we're taught to, like, destroy what was there so we can build something new. Most of the time, actually, like even now, current construction methods are designed to decay, essentially, so that when you do buy a new house, basically you have to take it down to the studs or the foundation even sometimes so that you can build something new. But like in old foundation or old construction, 
ancient construction, it was built to last forever. So I know that like even a, a friend of mine, well, Gary Douglas, the founder of Access and Dane here and a, f a few others own this castle in Italy. And when they bought it, it was, uh, it was just in a state of disrepair. It just needed, it just needed some care. So it was a yes to buy it and they got it and, and almost nobody else had bought it because of the amount of care needed. But when they contributed that energy to it, it was instantly restored to its former glory and beyond. There was already so much there that they could work with. And so they had, they brought in a painting restoration artist who actually restored all the murals on the ceilings and on the walls. And, you know, they cleaned it, they cleaned it. I mean, the bones were actually really, really incredible. And so that's what's true about you and about your life and about your business is that the bones are incredible. And even if you need to clean it up, give it a facelift, freshen it, you know, get some new graphics, and some new photos, you got good bones. So use them. Well, and it's not like the, you know, like you said, it's not like the bones are just, you know, we just need to throw them in the trash yeah. because some folks will really resonate right where you began, yeah. right where you started and grow with you in that journey. So it's still really valuable. We were talking about like repurposing like old YouTube videos and put like kind of organizing chronologically like a timeline so yeah. folks, you know, could find or start at a place that felt you know, like it really resonated with them. Yeah, yeah. I actually just went to my YouTube channel and I organized, I created a new playlist. I created like eight new playlists. I did it by year. And then I created a massive like grouping of playlists that goes how I started, how it started, how it's going. Because <laughs> it was really cool to look that. at that chronologically. Yeah. I was like, wow, man, the change. So yeah, your change is so inspiring to other people who may just be kind of embarking on this mega journey. It's a gift. So mm -hmm. don't destroy everything you've created. Just ask, who am I now and what can I choose now? And what can I generate from here? It's like a question. Yeah, like, like a question. Time. You know, just ask one. <laughs> so yeah. we started with construction, which was interesting that like we were paying to go that way. And yeah. we also wanted to discuss a little bit just how vulnerability shows up and how folks maybe struggle with either being overly vulnerable, bleeding all over the place, or totally bound, walls up, bears up, no one can get in. It's like the Night's Watch or something. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I was like, I say Lord of the Rings, but no, that's the wrong uh, show series. Um, you get where I'm going. Gotcha. So what I was wanting to offer with this was kind of the perspective on trauma and how it can certainly affect how we show up with the level of vulnerability we feel comfortable or safe being. And what happens when we've been exposed to a lot of trauma, which is something unpredictable, right? We're just vibing as a kid, vibing in our space, and then all of a sudden something unpredictable happens and we're threatened or we're scared or we're harmed in some way. We might swing to one side or the other as a coping mechanism. So it might be like, oh, now I have to be totally guarded, walled up so no one can penetrate, no one can get in, I can't get hurt. Or we might swing to the other side of this like, bleeding all over the place of oversharing, trying to people please, trying to over explain everything to make sure we're understood. So then it's like this word vomit comes out. And somehow each end of the spectrum is not so helpful. So that's my understanding of it. What's your thoughts on vulnerability and your experience? Well first of all I have Just to know <laughs> what's your favorite bleeding or or walls? Oh it depends on the person. 
they've definitely done a little bit of each. Um, I like to. I like a. I like a mishmash. Of barriers. It. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. I'm, I'm way like... more of a barriers person. If for my my default coping mechanism is definitely barriers, and mm. that's the thing I'm constantly navigating with myself. Even now, um, there's so much that's changed, but really navigating true vulnerability. Well, okay. So it's interesting that in that those are kind of the two choices with vulnerability because I have a very different other point of view, I guess, and things that I've learned and things I'm discovering myself. And that is that true vulnerability is the willingness to receive everything without a point of view. Mm. And so when you look at, when you look at the two that you brought up, both actually are barriers and no receiving. So if somebody is like vomiting their, uh, (laughs) you know, bleeding all over people, basically, um, there's something going on there that's not awareness. And what I'm discovering through all the use of these tools and just like living is that when I'm, when I'm aware and present, that's where I'm the most vulnerable. That's, and, and, but the thing is, the thing that's interesting as I'm talking about this is that I think there's a lot of judgments about what vulnerability is or what it, mm-hmm. so if you're vulnerable, then you're subject to is sort of the, kind of the understanding. It's like vulnerable sector, vulnerable age group, vulnerable, it's, it's, oh, yeah. it's mm-hmm. got this risk n- factors. Yeah. It's got this risk element sort of intrinsic to it. But in reality, it's, but that's like something we've assigned to it. If you really just looked at the word as, as itself, it just means like exposed. Now, mm. we've learned that being exposed is bad. It's basically if you're exposed, then you're not protected. You need, ba- you need boundaries. You need barriers. You need walls. You need gardens. You need, you know, in here in Colombia where I'm living now, um, like people do a lot of work to not be exposed so that they don't get robbed or kidnapped or, you know, so it's like a spectrum of, of choices there, both physical and not. But so, so we're taught that it's wrong and that it's dangerous essentially. And I would say that I learned the same thing. I just learned it in a different way. Basically, like if I'm myself, that's incredibly wrong and I need to stop that and I need to turn that down and and then that just got blown out of proportion. That gets blown out of proportion with abuse. So I think, yeah, it's it's an it's a huge conversation. It's like, mm. yeah. Now well, where I was we just go? Thinking about, yeah, I know, I know. Like, well, like, how? how <laughs> it was so interesting. I know that you brought up the words in the sense of how we've already identified them as a negative thing. Yeah. Like you said, vulnerable yeah. age group. Like it's bad. You're, yeah. It's bad to be vulnerable or exposure. The yeah. first thing that comes up to me with exposure is like pedophiles or something like that. Like right. someone expose themselves. Right. And so even as I started to hear more folks use it, I guess, within the access sector, I was like, oh, but I get what it means. It's like exposing you. Like you, yeah. you're being you. Yeah. And so I've started to incorporate that into my language more because I get there as we can use these words in a different way. So that's not like all bad that we could actually access what is really there. Because if we're just still like focused on it, it's bad to be vulnerable. It's weak to be vulnerable. Then it's like, why do I want to be vulnerable? That doesn't seem good. It's like, you know, just the same way we raise 
men in you know American society, which is like, don't cry, stuff your feelings down, don't be yeah. vulnerable, don't be it. Yeah. Right? We've already kind of programmed people out of it. Yeah. What's interesting is that vulnerability is an incredible power that because of all the judgment that has been applied to it is lacking, is like is absent. Mm-hmm. Um I haven't read a lot of Brene Brown stuff, but here and there I'll see something from her and I'm like, she's, she, she's got the energy of it, you know? Um, it's an incredible power. Uh, wow. So when you start, the thing that was like running through my head as you were talking was like, you, you were like exposing you and that's where mm-hmm. the magic is. Where I think vulnerability is easiest to talk about is sort of like where you're not choosing it and how that's affecting things. You know, like, for example, in my business, in the beginning, I had decided I had to be some sort of like, I don't even know, facilitator. I had to be a facilitator. I had to be an authority, you know. And and it was screwing me up because I wasn't allowing myself to create um, because I didn't feel like an authority and I hadn't been a facilitator that long. And who was I to do this? And I, so I had all of these like stories running through my head and I allowed them to stop me for a while. I, it was probably a year and a half that I didn't create. I, I became a certified mm-hmm. facilitator and then I went and worked for someone else cause I really had decided I didn't know enough. And that was incredibly valuable, but it was interesting cause I did all that in order to feel different And then when it came time to beginning to create, I didn't feel different. In fact, I felt probably more screwed up than I ever had. And the only choice I had left myself was to really create or die. I mean, I'd I'd gotten myself down to so little resources that I I literally, my hand was forced. And so I was for, of, of necessity, I had to expose me. And that's probably been more true for me that's probably been my personal pathway into more vulnerability more times than not because I've so aggressively hidden myself for so many years that to get over the power of that wall, my self-created wall, I've had to like put myself into very intense situations. And that's changing a lot but I think this is, I think it's worth mentioning that a lot of us have gotten really, really practiced at like no exposure as a rule, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. no effing way. And, and we could back it up with history, you know, like in my family, you exposed yourself and you were decimated, like emotionally, visceral, you know, but if you were sad, if you did feelings, like if you were sad or you were sick, then you could receive care. So we, we created this whole dynamic in my family where it was okay to be this, but it wasn't okay to be that. And so who I was as a being could never really, wasn't allowed to be. Mm-hmm. And I get that's the common story. That no matter who we had as, as family or parents, that's pretty common. Yeah. You know, so we get into yeah. adulthood and we're trying to make all these things work. Money, um, business, relationships. And what's required for them to truly work and for us to truly thrive is us. But what we've barricaded behind all these barriers and walls is is us. Mm-hmm. And so what does it take to get access to you? Yeah, that's so huge. I'm just getting like, as you're talking regarding the kind of people pleasing and how that and bleeding can also be a barrier and totally. how it is no receiving. I was like, oh my God, because I was just looking over kind of my experience on social media and how it has been a process to continue to 
expose more of me, be willing to show up more as me rather than what do people want to hear and let me make sure I don't offend. And then like 2020 and every whatever happened online went crazy. Then it got like, you know, really insane for people to just show up as them and everyone's just self-censoring. And now lately I've been observing just, and I don't know if it's just kind of like where my attention is at or what, but it's like this kind of prove it energy. Like I'm the expert and I have this down. So you should work with me. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm so overhearing it. I'm like, I want to hear like, what have you been through? What, like what's not working for you in the sense of like, I know it's not all rainbows all the time. So just like, tell me what's happening. Because for me, that's just easier to connect. I know I always loved, have loved working with you because of you sharing and exposing your stories and your process has always been the most valuable thing for me. And yet the funny thing is in psychology, they teach us to be the blank slate. Don't sell your story. Don't tell your story. Don't like, don't expose you so that you are like holding space. And I get it's because if we as a facilitator are bleeding on a client, then it's like they feel like they have to take care of us. So I get that there's a difference there, but it's not one or the other. Well, and and I would say jump in there and go, there's a real difference between bleeding on somebody and exposing Mm -hmm. and being. And to me, exposing and being are in the same family and bleeding is in this other barrier family. Like if you're Mm -hmm. bleeding on somebody, you are not being aware of anything at that point basically you're using the other person to vent you know to dump dump i mean it's like to change to to, in an attempt to either change an energy or hold an energy in place you're using the other person as this dumping ground and that's just not okay that's not okay in any (laughs) i don't care who you are i don't care what relationship scenario you're in that's just not okay it's not cool. I mean, and even as, you know, as facilitators, when every year when we go to facilitator training because we recertify, Gary's like, don't bleed on people. It's their class, not yours. Yeah. If you have something, and he gets really intense because there are facilitators that do that. They get these people in their class and they bleed on them. And that, it's just not okay. It's, so uh, there's probably more we could say about that. But there's a difference between that and like exposing and being. And yeah, that's the thing that actually really creates something for people because it's so rare. It's like this oxygen for other people's beings to go, oh, it's like this nutrient. There's something about it. Yeah, there's something about like, let's say, sharing your process and being of the energy where you are still empowered to choose something else like you're sharing it and it's like this is what I chose and what else could I choose and and still sharing that regarding I'm getting the bleeding is more like the venting the dumping this is what happened and I'm stuck and I can't choose and I'm disempowered and I get that like there's an energy difference there or like the bleeding which is like you're wrong and I'm going to bleed all over you and tell you why you're wrong and Mm -hmm. so there's that like flip side of that coin yeah absolutely and um hmm interesting i keep trying i I keep getting things and then they leave um yeah (laughs) you know and sometimes this is what i'm going to add sometimes when i'm not because i am so verbal with what my process is there are times when i'm not sure if i'm bleeding or not and believe it or not Mm -hmm. i will at those times record myself on my phone just exactly what i want to say and then i'll listen back most of the times when i'm not sure if i'm bleeding or not i'm bleeding so I'll so I'll record myself and get it out yeah. because that like 
change it like releases the stuck energy it like gets the energy moving and then I look at what is it I want to contribute like what is this for me what do I, is there something I can contribute here and I get that that's probably the question that to function from when you are wanting to maybe share more of your process of like what can I contribute about this that that will guide you into kind of what's my point you know okay so I've went through this thing and I had this process mm-hmm. and I used this tool, but what's my point? What's the, what am I gifting here? That's, that's yeah. a great question to use to guide you because that's where your story becomes an element of a catalyst of change and possibility rather than the thing you're stuck in. Mm-hmm. And so that's where, that's actually true vulnerability of just like exposing everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, just like here it is. That's, that's a huge facet of it. Yeah, I was. I have a similar question um, that I ask myself: For what purpose do I share this next thing, like yeah. with the client? Is it for me to like look talked about me and whatever, or is it like do I get that there's something in it that's going to really transform them? Yeah. And so that I'm holding space in that regard. And then same thing. I had something and it zoomed out. <laughs> that's a big. Well, it's, it's so an interesting thing to talk about because it's vulnerability is is in the family of being and knowing and perceiving and receiving, and that is the energetic yeah. reality that we're not very um, fluent in or practiced in, mm-hmm. and is incredibly hard to talk about because it's an energetic reality. It's like. You know, talking about the wind, you almost have to talk about the wind in reference to how what what the wind affects. So, yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah okay. So it, <laughs> it jumped back in. So okay. What what? So the other thing I was getting was like I I, I guess that maybe for so long I had put maybe because the way I've been trained or whatnot, it's like yeah. I put the folks on a pedestal of like, okay, well, they're perfect. They never have anything wrong go on or they have it all together so I can learn from them, right? Until like, then there's like a vulnerability exposed. I'm like, oh wait, they're they're not, they're just humans too. Like I didn't need to do this like pedestal thing. Like I can actually just still learn from another person's experience that they don't have to have it all perfect. And that's where I get like this energy of like prove it or the expertise is happening a lot online where people and kind of what you're talking about when you were an early facilitator where it's like I have to prove myself I have to have all the answers I have to always be right and get it all together and it's like that's not even that's not what's happening for anyone so for what purpose are we choosing that versus just being willing to expose right where we're at well it's like you know is there any vulnerability in proving so Mm -hmm. So it's, but see, what I'm getting as we're talking is like vulnerability is like a non-reality. It's not, it doesn't have, it's mm. not seen as something that has any value. And it's something yeah. we give lip service to, but we don't necessarily know how to apply in our lives. And, and I guess if I were going to like give some tools or, or tips, it's like I, I had to learn I'm still learning, actually, when I'm not being vulnerable. It's funny because vulnerability is one of those things that for me personally, people have always been like, oh my God, you're so vulnerable. And then I will go to an access class or I'll ask a question and I will get, I will get like feedback on that I'm not being vulnerable. So from the public's point of view, I'm vulnerable. And from like what people can actually contribute to me with consciousness, I'm not very vulnerable. And so I've I've been really sitting with that, like going, Mm -hmm. what is vulnerability? And so I'm, it's sort of this ongoing exploration, but that's a question you could start to ask yourself. If you're really 
if this is doing something for you, it started to ask yourself, the universe even, to show you like, what is vulnerability for me? Because vulnerability is not crying, it's not tears, it's not sad mm-hmm. feelings, it's not mm-hmm. any of those things. It's being willing to be exposed. Mm-hmm. And only there can anyone actually contribute to you. I mean, f- from any other position, you're proving, doing, having to, proving yeah. or doing. And in those positions, like, you have to do it all. You're the source of everything. No one and nothing can actually be a gift in your life. And you can't receive the gift of you either. So it's this, yeah, it's a, it's huge. Yeah, I, I sense where I've <laughs> gotten where I'm really unwilling to do it is also like in access classes where just right. people are willing to go up to the mic and ask questions and whatnot and be exposed in that way and just willing like, to look shit, stupid. So much came up for me, yeah. Like where I was like, I can't like act like I don't know this or I should know this. I'm a psychologist, blah, blah, blah. and it's just like, oh my god. Then I'm just like, I'm just gonna sit here and listen. I'm like, wow, I'm really not willing to receive whatever it would be for me to just lower my barriers and go up and ask a question. So that was one area besides social media where it's been such a process to just expose and be more me. And maybe that's another really simple thing you guys can take away from this of like of of the tool of barriers, like knowing when your barriers are up and being able to lower them and see what's there. It's literally energetic. So like when your barriers are up, you can usually there's a lot of tension. You're like cold. I I mean, for me, when my barriers are up, I go into Ice Queen and like very detached, like you just can't reach me. Um, I look like I don't care. I'll tell you I don't care. I mean, it can go really extreme. But, you know, so that's more my preferred barriers. (laughs) But we all kind of have them. And so it's, I would say, start to pay attention to yourself first and foremost. Just start to pay attention. Like, notice when you're doing what you're doing. Um, If you're fighting, you're doing barriers. If you're thinking, you're doing barriers. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to figure things out, you're doing barriers. Um, there's no vulnerability in any of that. There's doing and proving. Yeah, it's like all the trauma responses. Yeah. Fight, flight, freeze, people please. You know, that's like is the same idea where you're just completely walled off to be protected. Yeah, so to have access to something different, you first have to notice what you're doing. That really is kind of the first step mm-hmm. to everything. Mm-hmm. And then when you notice you're doing barriers, so like, for me, fighting Ice Queen, I mean, my barriers are pretty obvious. They're kind of like tr- pretty typical, I guess, in that regard. Um, proving. When I, I've been playing with, the moment I notice it, literally in my head going barriers down, barriers down, barriers down. What am I perceiving here? And what that does with that, so it's literally just asking your barriers to lower. And when you ask an energy to do something, it does it. So that's cool because it's not hard. And then I ask a different question, like, what am I perceiving here? And it doesn't always work right away. Sometimes I need to go for a walk and go for a run, basically kind of anything to change the energy. And then I do whatever I need to do to return myself to this space of being. And for me, when I'm being, it's sort of like, this is sort of where I see from. This is the seat of perceiving and being and knowing is always like from your neck down. And I'm not saying this will necessarily be easy. I think even I'm getting this as a pretty advanced conversation. But there's mm-hmm. places you can start with it. And it really starts with paying attention to yourself and then noticing when your barriers are up and then going barriers down, barriers down. If I wasn't doing barriers, what else could I choose? And starting, just starting to stimulate the possibility that there are other choices you have available. Because that, when you talk about trauma responses, 
I created those as my only choice at the time. Yeah. I get that for a lot of people. It's like we just did what we had to do to get through. And so that's the Mm -hmm. brilliance of our creative ability, just instantaneously inventing something that seemed to work, shift, survive things. And so now as adults, as we're wanting different results in our lives and wanting easier times with our bodies and wanting greater relationships, we're having to teach ourselves something different. And so it's a process. And yeah, it's a process. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was getting that the infinite being question may even be relevant here where it's like, oh, well, would an infinite being be willing to be exposed? Yeah. Okay. Would they have a, would there be a need to have a barrier? No. Okay, cool. Well, there we go. (laughs) Could it be that simple to just go back to the basics? Yeah, yeah. And if you guys want more of the access consciousness basics, um, you can go to infinitebeingschool.com because there's literally 10 little videos there that you can start to use right now that are that all will give you access to more vulnerability in their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess what's true is like, you know, awareness is the greatest protection that there is. Barriers cuts you off from mm. all information. Can you say more on that? Yeah, well, so like, you know, so for example, your eye is the most vulnerable part of your body. When your eye Hmm. is closed, you're actually more vulnerable than when your eye is open because you can see when you're walking into a tree or you can see when you're going to like, if you're looking and paying attention, you get the the sidewalks in Cali, Colombia are like this. So (laughs) you literally have to look down at all times or you're going to be on the floor. So, you know, you can be also loud. Yeah. So you can see when you're going to fall. So like when your eye is closed, so when you've done barriers with your eyes and you close them, you actually have less information to work with than when your eyes are open Mm. and more Mm -hmm. vulnerable and exposed. You have more ability. And the same is true of awareness. So when you do barriers, you actually cut you off from all information and from all tools and all choice, which is it seems like it's the opposite, especially if it's in a relationship scenario. You're like, you know, it seems like it's the other person who's losing now. But no, it's actually both. It's like when you, when mm-hmm. they lose, you lose and you lose you. And that's actually worse, you know. So um, so that so that so mm-hmm. vulnerability is actually this power because you have all the information, you have all the energies, you have all the choices available. You being being and living fully exposed is actually the more powerful choice. But we've just been taught that it's reversed. And so we have to teach ourselves something new. We have to start to expose ourselves to different conversations that give us access to a different choice because that choice that makes vulnerability wrong is robbing us of all the power that we actually are and can have. Yeah, Yeah, I was like, as you were talking, I was starting to see all these different tentacles Mm -hmm. of vulnerability and like another one being then perceiving and how like we it's almost like we have to get to a space of vulnerability to allow ourselves to perceive to get that present because it's like it sometimes it you know like I was telling you yesterday I have to sometimes close my eyes to like tap into what I'm perceiving yeah and allow myself to be exposed or look different or take the space to yeah allow that information to land yeah 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 I've had to work with myself differently this year too like Sometimes with the way information comes to me, the way information works in my world or awareness works, I've been asking the universe to show me how my awareness works. And sometimes it's so intense. I'm getting so much at one time 
and then trying to like function at the speed everybody else expects me to function and I'm like I need a so I'm learning to go I need a minute and that can mean five ten in the bathroom like just kind of like getting some space and like getting more clear on what I really want what, what I, what's really going to work because um, I've been yeah. so accustomed to going on autopilot with all of that and just like I'm the one that gets run over with the bus. So yeah, yeah, it can mean a lot of that kind of stuff as you're kind of learning yourself instead of coping with everything that's, that you haven't had tools to to handle up until now. Yeah, yeah. And then just, to me, it's like kind of just choosing it then, like especially even in facilitation of one-on-ones or groups to allow that information to come in and even tell okay wait just need a minute something's coming in and pausing and just allowing yourself to be with it versus like wait I need to fill every space with words or I need to just keep going or I need to brush right by this I mean to me that's where I get kind of this idea of leading with vulnerability is modeling to people how you are choosing it in real time yeah 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 and that's a lot of why I do what I do in terms of just sharing my process because I'm like I want you to see what this looks like in real time and if hopefully that's a gift so yeah yeah so I think it's just looking at like how is what you're doing right now working is it rendering you more functional or less functional if it's less functional what could you start to pay attention to about you and about how things work for you that's different and asking yourself a different question like okay if I wasn't doing fight or barriers or what else could I choose here? And starting to, to show yourself that there are actually other choices available beyond coping, which is really hard. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have a request. If you found benefit from today's episode, we'd be so grateful if you would subscribe, leave us a review, or share it with someone you know would benefit. Until next time.